Well, these are momentous times and uh, exciting days as we look to see what God's uh, doing, saying to us, uh, as we, uh, we see a whole fresh thrust coming into the community, uh, which requires new approaches, reshaping, LCP, and what we're doing uh, in terms of our own direct involvements. So uh, we continue to pray, particularly that God will direct us in the specifics. We are poised at this very time to be making uh, decisions about that. And of course, uh, looking still to God for the raising up of champions. Remember, that's so key to what we have, how we've moved. We follow the pattern that God's given us. Champions being uh, those who are uh, having a measure of, of faith to really see that thing happen. And uh, there are others. Some of you sitting here now uh, are poised to receive that anointing, that calling, that deposit of faith, that vision, that thing that kind of grips hold and says, yes, uh, this, this, is, this is mine to do. This is for me. Uh, and uh, God drops into your heart uh, compassion and faith and, uh, and then you begin to find direction in that. So that's, uh, that's an important thing. Now, <clears throat> we've been uh, poised for some time to look at the book of James and I want to make a start on that today uh, and let me encourage you to, to participate in this and the way you could participate is obviously read it, uh, but don't just read it. Uh, when you read it, uh, where you've got questions, um, let's raise those questions, because then we kind of work the thing through together. Where you've got, where you get sort of insights and thoughts on it, and maybe some kind of uh, something that's, that lights up to you, um, share that as well. And uh, if you email, email me. Um, and then I can gather the stuff together. If you've not got email, it's easier to just pass it to Debbie and it still uh, comes through to me. So uh, let's, let's kind of join in this together. It won't be uh, every week that we do it, but uh, nothing to stop you making a start. And often on these things, we <coughs> we're looking at them a long time before we start to talk about them. So we'll start off chapter one. Uh, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, James, very interesting how he describes himself. Good description, a servant. Servant of God, of Jesus Christ. Uh, the very place that God would have us all to be, in that mentality of servant. Probably, uh, James, who was the brother of Jesus, uh, was seen as the, the kind of senior one amongst the apostles. So he was like uh, the main man, or, or whatever you'd like to say. I don't know what term you would use in that, but um, that's how he is seen. But he sees himself as a servant, and therefore, um, <coughs> excuse me, that opens the way for all what God wants to do. Remember, God doesn't look for superstars. He looks for servants. He looks for people that are prepared to uh, humbly lay down their life for him. And uh, 
that's a, a fundamental characteristic. He's writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. This is after there's been a lot of persecution and, uh, um, in fact, in some instances, uh, the people that had become followers of Christ had actually gone to other, um, what they would call Gentile countries, because actually the Gentiles would treat them less harshly than the Jews where they were. So there was a, there was a scattering. And it must have felt awful, it must have looked terrible. Um, but of course we all know, sitting here now, that it was the spread of the gospel across the world. And it's an intriguing thing just to think about that because that's the introduction. Uh, that the thing that looks so disastrous, so terrible, so awful, actually God used for his purpose. And it's uh, just good to keep that in mind because we're the, the, the bright guys with the benefit of history. They were in it at the time. Um, useful to keep it in mind when we come on to the next bit and, uh, and see things which are kind of difficult to, to understand. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That kind of always struck me as a bit perverse. You know? Uh, everything's gone wrong, and I'm so happy. There was even teaching at one stage that, uh, that kind of got the wrong end of the stick on that. Probably came from America, but... Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And it goes on, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, uh, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And then into some more about asking. I don't think we'll get there today. <clears throat> Consider. That means make a choice. Think about it. Um, those of you that were around <clears throat> the leaders weekend would remember how uh, Hugh Osgood brought that thing about naming the mountain. Uh, yeah, it's a mountain, but the very naming of it um, brought it, uh, as it were, demolished it, made it into a plane. And this considerate um, seems to be something different to just entering into an automatic response and uh, reaction. And if it then says... Whenever you face trials, consider it pure joy. That's, that's an instruction. Uh, so first of all, kind of don't get just dragged into the flow of things. Consider what's, what's happening here. What, what responses are possible? And then, 
it's contained, it contains an instruction. Now, we know the good news with the gospel of grace is that with every instruction comes the power to actually make it happen. So we know from, from the kickoff that basically it's possible to experience joy when facing trials of many kinds. Of course, how is that possible? Well, it's possible, of course, not in the natural. It's possible. Uh, I mean, in the natural, you've got all this kind of gobbledygook stuff about mind over matter and, you know, positive thinking, all that sort of thing. But I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because actually, uh, we see that that joy is one of the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. So, in the power of the Holy Spirit, under an instruction from God, we can achieve everything that He tells us to do. So, consider it pure joy becomes <coughs> a very real possibility by the power of the Holy Spirit. Something which is completely um, counterculture, something which is opposite to what would be the norm. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, it's interesting, isn't it? Whenever. Not on good days, high days and holidays, but whenever. Well, I feel strong today so I can, I can weather the storm. No, 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 it's not about that. It's whenever. Whenever this happens, there is a uh, option, a possibility in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd hoped, um, I'd hoped to form a little choir to help you uh, understand what it's not. Unfortunately, um, I didn't. I don't know. Something seemed to stop me doing that. So. Um, and I was going to have Tim Aspin join me, who's, again, not actually noted for his singing prowess. But we did manage to join together the other night uh, and, and come with some songs of the past, which are total nonsense <coughs> in the light of this. Now, PJ could join me. Dear Lord. I've got the joy bells in my heart. I've got the joy bells in my heart. Since Jesus saved me, new life he gave me. I've got the joy bells in my heart. Would you believe it? We used to sing that. I mean, we used to, I don't know what we meant when we sung it, but we used to sing it. See, I'm, I'm not talking about that. What was the other one? Can you remember? What was the other one that Tim? Yeah, that's it, Neil. Yeah, where you go. <laughs> what was it? Joy, 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 down in my heart. Where, down in my heart. Hey, where'd you all know that from? You dark horses, you... You've been sneaking away having little sort of Pentecostal choruses, haven't you? 
Hey, Lynn. Sorry. Really? Come join me, Lynn. How about this one? Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. I can't remember the rest of it. Oh. Might be just as well. Do you think it could have been that the Holy Spirit put a little restriction on me developing that choir for that purpose? <coughs> Look, here's the, here's the real point. We're not talking about nonsense. We're not talking about kind of uh, grin and bear it or pretend it's not happening. We're talking about the reality of actually experiencing the supernatural power of God expressed in joy because God provides that for us. Um, you know, it's very interesting when you think against the background of trials because this joy comes from retaining a connection with God in the power of the Holy Spirit rather than getting a bit peeved and angry with him at the state or the things that you're facing. And you see the difference? To retain that, that place of his presence, that power that he can actually bring us into a, a place that doesn't take us out of it. In fact, the Bible tells us that. Um, the scripture says that there's no temptation that's overtaken us that's not common to man, but God is faithful and will, with that temptation, provide a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. It's not about taking us out, it's about taking us through. A lot better to go through knowing the strength of God and the, the connection with him rather than being angry with him. So we need to understand a little bit about this joy and Jamie's going to come and uh, help us with that. So we're understanding something here of the, of the purpose in God uh, of joy. It's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, way beyond the natural. Uh, Romans 14 speaks of joy and righteousness and peace in the Holy Spirit, part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Um, kind of anticipates the, almost the inevitability um, that difficulties uh, will come and we can't control what happens uh, but of course we can determine how we respond by the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, I think everybody would recognize that in essence, we, we don't go through life without facing all sorts of things. But that God has, God is not a God for kind of good days. He's a God of the totality of our life and everything that happens in it. So, in times like this, um, we need to remember that the, the enemy would kind of like to be saying this is because you're very bad you're facing these trials because you've done wrong and yeah I, it can be sometimes that's the case doesn't automatically follow at all in fact it's it's not just a reflection or at all sometimes a reflection on how 
how bad you are any more than if you're enjoying God's blessing and life, it's a kind of seal of approval on how good you are. That's about how God is. Um, just remember that the enemy would want to use trials and difficulties to divert and discourage us. God intends that those things be used to purify and develop us as we come onto the remainder of that verse. Also remember that there are many different types of trials. Some of them are circumstances, some of them are fears or issues within our own mind or thinking. Some of them are uh, things completely outside of anything that we do or say. But they're all, all joined together in this particular truth that we're looking at this morning. So circumstances sometimes stay the same, but as we find a place of connection with God in it, it changes. The circumstances don't change, but we change. I remember um, Jolie sharing a little while ago uh, in the situation with regard to uh, being in the hostel in one room and the three children and how difficult it was. But she, she was telling us how something within her changed. She saw that here is a God who is working out something of his purpose. And actually, she was still in the hostel, but something changed uh, dramatically in terms of her position in, in the thing. And I think that that's what God wants us to understand. It's about winning. Uh, it's about winning in times which hardly look like winning. You know, there's a winning in God which is about how we are rather than uh, expressed in the circumstances that this world would decide and describe as winning. So it's not about grin and bear it. It's not about always look on the bright side of life. It's, it's just not in that realm. It, and, and we have to completely understand that this is about accessing the power of God and it's very, very important. I wonder what the objective is. Well, I've always reckoned that I've not, and we've not been equipped to understand why. We're not equipped to access the infinite mind of God because we have finite minds. What we are equipped to do is to be obedient. But you can see here from what is actually written um, that the objective is that there is an embracing of trials because during that and through that, God will do something rather significant and rather special. You know, if I went round the room now and I was to ask the question, um, when you experienced this difficulty or this bad time, did you, did you increase or decrease? I'm pretty sure that most people would say, it was a horrible time, but there was something that, that I, I don't know God did in that time. And certainly that would be my experience. Some of my most outstanding times of, of connecting with God, uh, developing in God, 
have been in the more difficult times. And uh, it's important that we, we actually remember that, that God is working out his purpose in those times. Now, next week I see Keith. In fact, a week today, I think it is, I see him. I've already talked to you about him because he's our brother and probably one of the most remarkable uh, people that I've seen in terms of losing everything um, and having every single reason to be discouraged and yet having a, a relationship with God, a joy in his spirit, an openness of heart. And I sit back and I think, Lord, what on earth are you doing? What are you doing? You must be building something very, very special in this situation. Because if you look around, you see when things get like that, it's usually because God is actually working something very, very special. And so we have, in a sense, before us, a, uh, or I know he's not right here, but a living example of somebody who's going through things that none of us would want to go through, and yet, retaining that sort of joyful openness to God that we've been hearing about. Because you know that testing of your faith develops perseverance. We have to understand that faith here is not actually to fix the trial or to deal with it, it's to actually stick with it, to actually come through in the right way. It's not actually faith for solution. There may be faith for solution, uh, but that's not what it's talking about here. And remember, the Bible talks about being hid with Christ in God. And that may not be looking for the first exit. That may be saying, Lord, what is your purpose here? Uh, what have you got in mind in this situation? So it seems that the testing of our faith obviously does happen. Um, Although it doesn't necessarily mean it's about proving the strength of our faith or the quality of it or the worthiness of it. It can be um, God just demonstrating his goodness. And faith comes from him and therefore it's of, of the highest quality. I'm, I'm not sure that, that it therefore has to be tested because if it comes from him, you, you know, what are you going to find out other than its supreme quality? Something that, um, that Jeremy was sharing, which I thought was worth just considering, that this, um, it, can be like, it can be like sitting an exam um, and the testing, right? Examination, that's the kind of connection. Who's sitting it? Sometimes God himself sits it to show us how well he can do. So we actually have more confidence in him the next time. In other words, it's an all by itself. It's a sense where God says, I will take you through this and I will show you just how real I can be. Just how true joy can be. So that you will learn through this uh, something which cannot actually be learned any other way. It requires, I think, in those times, uh, it's more about patience and endurance, which are some of the words that it actually uses if you go into the original meaning. It's about patience and endurance rather than passion. 
passion is, I'm going to change this, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to sort this. Hmm. And that may well be right at times. But there's also a place for patience and endurance rather than passion. According to what we read here, it has to have its work because one thing produces another. So it's important, therefore, not to hide, as we saw in that illustration that Jamie was given, us, that kind of, you know, sort of covering up, fetal position type thing in the spirit. But to be open. Uh, and to be open together uh, about struggles. Because you know one of the things that the enemy does is don't let anybody know. You know, you've got a struggle, you're facing an issue, keep it quiet. Well, that's, that's a ploy of the enemy. Where does the enemy operate? In darkness, in coveredness. Where does God operate? In openness, in honesty, in truthfulness. And that's why it's so important uh, that we are ready to share what, something that God's been helping us to do recently uh, in times of the Holy Spirit, confessing and, and um, bringing out those things. Because as they're brought out, we understand that there's a healing as well. Uh, as a strengthening in that situation. So, you know, not to be fearful uh, that we're in the wrong position or if we're struggling, we're in a bad place so that we can be open and let people stand with us because that's what God has ordained, that we stand together, you know. The uh, Bible talks about friends for adversity. You know, we stand together uh, and uh, how important it is that we actually are are able to stand together. Part of what God's been showing us in this whole thing of covenant relationship is the importance of uh, being able to share concerns and, and stand together. And I, I'm sure Paul uh, won't mind me um, sharing a story that he shared, how uh, when they had a, uh, a serious alarm about uh, potential miscarriage uh, in the middle of the night, he he thought, well, I don't really, I can't really trouble anybody to call them now. I'll tell them tomorrow. But then subsequently, he thought, but if somebody called me, I'd be only too willing to stand with them to go and help. And, to, and it's amazing how the enemy can get us trapped into a mindset that would seal us off, uh, restrict us in that relationship, stop us actually... Uh, sharing our concerns, our vulnerabilities, our, our issues at the time. And that is not what God wants. He wants the people who stand together through everything, who are ready to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, and uh, all the other things, the whole list of things which he tells us to do for each other, which means that it's important that we're able to be open and honest. Um, it certainly doesn't mean that I'm deficient if I'm struggling in, in a trial. It means that God is with me and uh, with his strength. And sometimes that comes uh, directly through him in the power of the Holy Spirit and this joy that we're talking about. And sometimes uh, that same thing happens through the interaction with those who he's given us to be life joints in the body. Trials, of course, as I said, many, many different types can be internal can be lies believed, something that we've uh, come up with quite a bit recently, seeing that, that they're wrong perceptions, lies that are, are be believed. And, and once that's dealt with, 
and it's, it's put out of the way, then of course the issue is living in the truth, living in the good things. Uh, you deny the lie and then live in the truth. Uh, so uh, if we're saying, well, I, I, I couldn't really, let's come back to the Paul thing, I couldn't really, uh, you know, disturb people. Um, you know, he may just try it as a, as a walking exercise now to phone people at three o'clock in the morning just to see how they respond. You know. <clears throat> but seriously, he's actually being prepared to walk in the truth. Uh, once a lie is dealt with, uh, to see that set aside and walk in what is really very, very important. And so it goes on to say, um, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So there's a purpose here of completion, a purpose of maturity. Remember, we are a people that are going on. We are a people of the finish, not a people of the journey, a people of completion, a people that are moving on to maturity. We have to understand this is not... <clears throat> In the natural, this would be kind of... We're talking about some form of stoicism. You know, everything's happening, but nothing moves me. A kind of face that's, that's immovable. Um, almost, you see, the thing with that is stoicism, that, that is almost not feeling it, not actually engaging it, almost being separated from it. What we're talking about here is, is rather being triumphant in and over the trials, rather than somehow being completely insulated from them. Can you see the difference? It's the difference between that natural position of stoicism as against being able to be very real about what we're in, but seeing triumph through it and over it. Very significant, um, very important. So the bad times can be good. And again, I would say, if we went round, we'd find many people that could say that. It's kind of uh, also... Uh, true that in the fire, the silver, remember, we, we were hearing about before, um, that it could be crying to be taken out of the fire, but we know when it's ready. Do you remember that? Who was it shared that? Bernard, yeah. We know when it's ready, when it reflects the image of the, what, what do you call it, the silver maker or silversmith that's actually doing it. There's a work to be completed. Uh, and uh, you don't really want to exit before that work is completed. Very, very important. Have we got that? Do we have that picture or not? Yeah, you got that picture? It's a picture that Tim showed us the other day. The lump of coal under pressure becomes a diamond. See, I mean, you come here, you get lessons in science, geology. I mean, you get the whole lot. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? What can happen in pressure? In pressure, he has enlarged me. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. You say, I, I don't really understand it, no. We've already said we're not equipped to understand. We are equipped to accept and be obedient and to submit to, to what God wants. So... It's, a, it's an interesting thing when we look at a scripture there which 
seems rather perverse. Now, also understand, we're not saying you can't be delivered from trials, because some things God does deliver us from. Uh, and uh, it's not even as that you shouldn't look to be delivered, but actually being brought through, and it's about, if you like, it's about how we are while we're waiting for that end, that outcome, that deliverance, um, which is so very, very important. It's about a journey to maturity. <clears throat> Frankly, not a place for instant grat gratification. It's not going to work in a situation like this if they're necessary. It's so that we should lack nothing, so that there should be a completion, so that uh, trials should indeed help us to be better. Now, I want us to come back into a time of worship, but I know that we've already read that other scripture, so let me just say something about the next bit. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. <clears throat> so, if I ask God, um, is Mastermind still a program? If, if I should ask God, then I could win Mastermind. Do you win it? Is it a pro thing that you win? Okay, I could win Mastermind. Because I'd get wisdom. No. no. We're not talking about that. So when you come to read that and look at that, I'm just helping you as, as a preparation for moving on to the next time. It's not about knowledge. It's, it is about prayer. That's pretty important. Uh, if you lack wisdom, what should you do? Ask for it. You know, sometimes we're a bit slow to do that. I, I don't know what to do. Why don't we ask God? Well, I didn't know what to say. Well, ask. I, I, I couldn't handle it. Well, ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. So, ask for it. But understand, it's not about knowledge. It's not about having all the answers. It's not about a natural definition. In fact, if you look uh, ahead in James 3, uh, verse 17, you'll get a description of what it is. This is wisdom from above. It's pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. We'll come on to that uh, as, we, as we move on. It's interesting, though, that what we're talking about here... Um, I would like to invent a word. Uh, I would say, it's, I know you can say God-likeness. Wisdom is God-likeness. I, I want to invent a word, godiness. Godiness. Okay. I've got to kind of like that from, from Lynn, who normally tells me what's, what I can do and what I can't do. So. But it, it is something of, of receiving that that. God-likeness, God in us. It's not this other stuff that we would tend to refer to as wisdom. So keep that in mind if you start looking. And by the way, it's a good promise, isn't it? It shall be given. Given to all. Not just given to some, given to all. You ask and you get it. That's a good, that's a good thing to pray for because it's got a written guarantee that you'll get it. You know, if you like to pray for things that you actually get, um, you might not get a pink Rolls Royce if you're praying for one, but you know you could you could definitely be assured you can get this. 
And that's good to be God in us, in you. Godlike. So, and uh, what the other bit, isn't it funny some of the things you read? He'll give it to you, good measure, and won't tell you off for asking. Won't turn around and say, Dumbo, should have asked before, or. You know, it's no, no sort of reprimand. Isn't that great? You know, it's like, Mummy, can I have a sweet? Of course you can. Have two. Yes. Got to understand the nature of God in this. All right. So remember, the enemy wants us wants to hijack what God will do. God has a positive thing even as we're in trials. But the enemy wants to make it negative. Of course, bringing the thing to light sometimes flips it from the negative to the positive. You have the option to take a stance of joy in trouble. Obviously, we're saying not all trials need to be accepted. Just depends on what God is saying. But if he is saying, stick with it, then he provides an access to a place of Remember the illustration? The joy that keeps it, keeps it open so that we can have what God fully intends during such a time as that. Yeah? Isn't God good? Isn't he very good? Come on, let's just enjoy worshiping him again. Just as we do that, there may be important application for you. Um, maybe there's a change of position. Uh, as you face certain trials. Maybe the issue of accessing joy is something which, hmm, yes, I really want to do that. See, this is not just about talking about it. It's about actually happening. This morning, before you, could leave, before you leave, you could experience that transformation. So let's come with that in mind as we just enjoy worshipping him and let his presence let his power search our hearts.